0: Welcome to B.O. Boys for Wednesday, October 21st. It's a raw feed. Fuck it, we're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And Pat, we've got a big number one movie. Actually, yeah. not that big, but big enough.
1: Well, it, it's a number one movie that feels... It's a real movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a Dave Franco directed movie which not against A Franco, but it's not the rental it's not a catalog film it's a it's a it's a movie that would have been possibly a number one opening movie in regular times so do we want yeah. to say what that is or should we just tease at the whole episode and let the viewers no. listeners figure it out
0: now we're gonna do the top five so we gotta talk about it okay. honest thief honest thief starring liam neeson made four point one million dollars in two thousand four hundred and twenty five theaters so here's the thing about this though it made some money in Canada last weekend, so mm-hmm. this is uh, it it really was like three point seven in america okay so but
1: but but still, i mean it's always been North American box office is what we talk about so it's but 4.1 the only thing million.
0: is it wasn't all this weekend. So oh, that's just I see. the caveat,
1: right? They're they're counting some of last weekend's Canada money into yeah. this weekend.
0: So a little funny money. Exactly. So I think we we said what we thought this movie would open at and I was a little bit closer. I think I said 4.5. You went mm-hmm. on the higher end of that. You went on yeah. 5 or 6.
1: I think I went over. I
0: think I said over 6. I thought Liam Neeson was going to get over 6. And there's just not that. There's just not that many people that are willing to go at this moment. This seems – four million unless you're tenant, which reached the heady heights of nine million in its first weekend, if you remember our math, and then was actually proven to be true. This is like a a movie that opens big – this is about max capacity for any movie other than a quote unquote blockbuster. Yeah. Well,
1: this is so it's interesting. Honest Thief at four point one million is opening around where Unhinged opened up back yeah. in August. So, you know, it's it's just interesting to see that. Not only did Tenant not bring the movie theaters back, Tenant made people less apt to go to theaters than they were beforehand. Because for a Liam Neeson action movie to basically gross as much now in its opening weekend as a Russell Crowe action movie did, you know, now over two months ago, it shows that people were more likely to want to go see a movie at the end of August than they are right now.
0: Yeah, well, I think that has a lot, that speaks a lot to Tenet's quality and what sort of movie it was. And we've said this a million times on this podcast, if you're a listener, it just wasn't the right movie to bring people back to the theater. I think if the product would have been better, we would be seeing more big movies opening and we'd be seeing mm-hmm. more people at the theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just would. And I think the, the safety of it, listen, there's people going out to bars. There's people going to, to biker rallies. Those are things they want to do. And they're not being kept from it because of COVID. Right. If Tenant was as enticing to theatergoers as a – As Smash Mouth is to bikers. Exactly. Because then, a
1: lot a lot of
0: people went to go see Smash Mouth at a biker rally. Yeah, we would have a revitalized theater system, but we right. don't. I think Tenet takes – if we're passing out blame, and we love to pass out blame on this podcast, mm-hmm. if Tenet's going to get a percentage of the blame, I feel like 75% of the blame goes on Tenet.
1: For movie theaters collapsing, or movie for, theaters right now still not having uh, any any real attendance.
0: Yeah, not for collapsing because there there was like underlying medical conditions going on. If you know what I mean.
1: Right, 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 right. You
0: know, COVID didn't kill it. It had it it had an underlying medical condition already. Tenant is
1: the comorbidity.
0: Yes, yes. So that I think is is what tenant ended up being. Yeah, uh, and, and and we're seeing that as like I think this, like you said, this movie would have done way better if Tenant would have been a better movie, and and more people were going.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost as if people were giving Unhinged a chance, and they were like saying, "All right, I guess things will keep getting better at the theater," and then Tenant disappointed people so much that people who, who were were willing to go see movies 2 months ago they've already checked out on the whole idea of going
0: yeah cuz i think we're seeing the hardcore group of moviegoers going out to see movies this 4 million dollars worth of people is what is who are willing to go see movies right now tenant right. had some people who are risking it and saying, I'll take a flyer on this movie. And like you said, they never came back. But I think your Honest Thief customer, for the most part, has seen The War with Grandpa, has seen Unhinged, has seen New Mutants. Yes, they've definitely seen New Mutants. I mean, Honest Thief, you know, and, and we'll see, because
1: there were a couple of other movies that opened up this week. Nothing else opened up in the top five as far as the, the uh, original new releases. You no. know, you had this romantic movie, Two Hearts. You had Love and Monsters uh, from Paramount, which well, was another, like, teen-focused movie. And I think what we're seeing here is Honest Thief, number one, Liam Neeson action movie. Those are the people right now, that is the population that is willing to go to the movie theaters in any kind of big way. It is, yeah. it's the, I mean, honestly, it's the biker rally people. You know, it's your Smash Mouth fans. It's your, your Earth dogs and your, uh, your, your Stax Dwellers are the ones who will go just to see something dirty, something grimy, something with a recognizable star. Cause I mean, number two we'll talk about is War with Grandpa Robert De Niro. It's the only thing that's viable right now or sort of grimy movies with middle-aged, like, action-y white guy stars.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I I do think there are other people going to the theaters that are just cinema fans. I think it's, it's interesting to think if Tenet had done well, would we be going to the theaters... Regularly, or not as much as we used to, because we were maniacs about it. We two movies a week, minimum. Right, right. But would we be in a theater once a month, twice a month? I mean,
1: the big the question is, and I pose this uh, on on Twitter to our our friend, legendary movie uh, box office writer Scott Mendelson, legacy box office writer. Yes, he's a legacy star for sure. If Wonder Woman had been the movie, and I think that's going to be the great box office what if of 2020, if Wonder Woman had been the movie that opened up in September instead of Tenet, if Warner Brothers had gone with Wonder Woman, how different would things be right now? Because... I think it's clear that's a movie that would have gotten a lot more people in the door initially than Tenet did. It's got way more brand recognition, uh, a lot more appeal. And just on a personal level, would we have gone to see that? And would we possibly be going to movies on a more regular basis if Wonder Woman had opened in September and had gotten us in the door?
0: Wait, so is this the whole question you asked Scott Mendelson? Well, yes. I posed, would things be different if Wonder
1: Woman had opened in front, instead of Tenet? He thought, no, he thought it did not matter. That either one would have bombed and uh, scared off studios from putting out any other big movies for the rest of the year. He, His, his thought is that, some level of bombing was inevitable, and no other studio would have put out anything worthwhile after that.
0: I don't think it bombs as bad. I think th- there wouldn't be a backlash against the hubris mm-hmm. of the director, Patty Jenkins, because she's not known by me or the media as somebody who is has hubris. Right. She's she seems to be somebody who wants her movie to be seen any way it can be seen. I mean obviously big big screen. She wants a big screen, but she I don't believe that she would have limited drive-ins in areas where they're not they don't have hardtops open. No, she I don't would not think she would have done, done that. The, she would not have acted the way Nolan did. So I think I, there would have been more goodwill. I think as much as I'm not a huge fan of the Wonder Woman first movie, I liked it fine. But I'm not a superhero guy anyway. I think I would have taken a flyer for her and for that that sort of entertainment over something like Tenet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the great box office what if of the year. And I think the thing that we also can't discount – In looking at why Tenet was a disaster is it there was some kind of there was a feeling in the air even before the pandemic that there was a little bit of anti Nolan backlash that was coming. Mm -hmm. And I think there was going to be some bad will against Tenet even in normal times. So again, it it was just the absolute worst movie to try and bring people back with. I mean, we've been beating that dead horse all month, um, but it just every ever
0: with every passing weekend that just becomes so much clearer. Um, and and there's nothing but dead horses at the theater right now, really, or right. nearly well, dead horses. Well,
1: so honestly, Liam Neeson he opens up at number one. I mean, it's sort of like we talked about with War with Grandpa opening number one for De Niro. What is this a success for Liam Neeson? You know he his action movies they they consistently open up at number one, so like the context is different here. the 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 box office number itself is different, but he got to number one. He did it.
0: I feel like there's been some Neeson fatigue going on for a little while. I think Cold Pursuit. I think that his his. The well, we won't get into it, but but you know, he he went out on the circuit and he said some things, and I think that really turned some people against him, so I think his stock is a little bit down,
1: yeah. But and I mean, it, it's those movies. I mean, maybe we'll maybe we need to start doing some episodes that take a look at at stars' box offices, but. The Liam Neeson action movies, obviously Taken's are the high watermark. Like, he's not going to reach those heights. Those are action movies that were making, like, over $100 million each. But all of these middle-of-the-road action movies that he's done these last, like, 10 years since Taken, they all end up making 50 $60, 70000000 million domestic.
0: You know, like he's he's so consistent. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I honestly, I actually don't know if that's entirely true because I feel like some of his movies have really underperformed mm-hmm. recently and he's not the guy that he seemed like he was going to be when those movies were really making bank.
1: Well, he was never going to be the new Schwarzenegger of the 80s and 90s. But he's such a consistent, just middle-of-the-road action movie guy. Because these are also not big special effects movies. He's in the Gerard Butler category.
0: Yeah. Well, let's take a look real fast, because we, we have this ability. I went to the numbers. Okay. And so he's...
1: So we got to go to the numbers. We
0: can't use Box Office Pro to look up
1: all of liam neeson's
0: i i tried to but but okay so we're going back to 2009 taken this was the movie that really popped off his renaissance of being old man action guy which is funny because he's been doing this for 11 years now old man action guy he's only gotten older and less capable of action so the first taken domestic we're not going to talk uh worldwide although it was a big hit worldwide made 145 domestic
1: yeah I mean that's obviously that's the one that's the you know that's the outlier you can't expect them to be that big but I mean I'm just looking ahead it's like taken two made almost as much That's crazy. but then
0: you've got 2011 you have the, you have unknown which is another thriller made 63 million yeah then the gray which was the next year it's Liam Neeson versus wolves makes 51. Then you have Taken 2, 139 like you said, nonstop, $91 million in I mean, 2014. That's
1: a, big, that's a really big hit.
0: But see, here's when I think it goes off the rails a bit. Okay. 2014, A Walk Among the Tombstones, $26 million domestic queue, mm-hmm. right? And then we've got Taken, taken 3. three. 89 million, which is not great, obviously, well, but I a mean, that's, huge that's hit for foreign.
1: Yes. And, and, and I think Taken 3 making 89 million is what would have been, if Taken 1 had made 89 million, that would have been a huge hit for what they were expecting. You know, like Taken 3 making 89 million is almost just a course correction. You can't yeah. expect those those taken movies making one hundred and thirty
0: nine and one hundred and forty five million are absurd. But then, see, but what you're saying is that his stuff makes a certain amount every time. Okay, and that's so true. There, foreign, there,
1: there is. I'm I, you're right. I am seeing the dip now on these on these next couple that you're going to bring up.
0: Two thousand fifteen, run all night, twenty six million. Then we've got the commuter 2018 which makes 36 then we've got cold pursuit 2019 makes 32 so foreign wise most of those movies his action movies make around 60 like you said mm-hmm. but is that enough oh is that enough to to continuously have these movies be made looks like it is because he continuously has these movies being made But I think Honest Thief is uh, – we'll see. I mean it just doesn't have the same ability to make the kind of money. It's not going to get to 26 mil uh, uh, domestic. No no way. Yeah, so it's – it
1: is because I'm just trying to look up – god. The numbers in Box Office emojo Mojo used to be so easy to click around and find stuff and they are both so incredibly complicated now
0: the the numbers has never had uh, had it's never been easy to click around they should have it's been so long since imdb snatched up box office mojo and made it useless that they should have been able to make this the most highly functioning website the numbers should be the all-star that we all go to and it is an also ran
1: yeah. Still. So I'm looking. So his last, you know, movie of this type was Cold Pursuit, 20, February 2019, and the opening weekend of that was 11 million dollars. So, yeah, Honest Thief is opening at about a third of what his last
0: big action movie opened at. But when we look at the audience that's going, we look at the amount of people that can be in a theater. Is this an equivalent? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is this an equivalent amount for him? I mean, it it seems to be that way. It seems to be that he is steadying the course. He is now going to be, he's not going to be Bafo Bobo, but he's going to get his nut. Right, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it probably is. It it doesn't seem like people are not going to see Honest Thief because they don't want to. It seems like it is purely amount it it is like the amount of people who have the ability to go it's a third less you know that seems about correct that's why like tenant opening at 9 million is a disaster because that movie is something that should you know in theory should have opened at like 50 60 70 million dollars opening weekend so 9 and- million is like uh you know like a sixth Of what it should have opened at. So Honest Thief opening at about a third is actually probably good.
0: And I think Tenet really needed New York and L.A. I don't Mm -hmm. think Honest Thief needs New York and L.A. No. No, it's doing just fine in the stacks. I mean, we'd go see it, but I don't – that's not – I I don't think the – you know, Tom Wolfe isn't going to see it. Right, right, right. No one in a
1: three-piece suit with a uh, pocket watch is going to see Honest Thief. Most likely not. the The, the literati were weren't going to go see Honest Thief opening weekend even in normal times. No. So, so I guess I guess what we're saying is Honest Thief did about as well as it possibly could have in this context.
0: Yeah, if it would have gone, if it would have done way less than Unhinged did. If it would have lost out to War with Grandpa, which is the number two movie, then we have something to talk about. Then we have Liam Neeson's done. Yes, yes. But he's not done. He will get another shot. And then he could be done.
1: I think Liam Neeson – I mean, and again, looking at all of those movies, yeah, you're right. There is a bigger drop-off post-Taken 3 than I remember that they go from – his, his non taken movies at a point were making 50, 60, 70 million dollars, like non stop made, what did we say, 80 or 90? Um, and then there is the drop off where they start to level out to making around 30 something million dollars domestic each. But I do think at the level of movie that he's starring in, those are probably pretty successful.
0: And he has yet to be relegated to -to direct-to-streaming kind of action movies like someone like Frank Grillo, no shade to Frank Grillo, he makes. Yes.
1: Yes, that is key. Liam Neeson is being, and I think it's probably a very conscious decision, he is not going to make direct-to-video action movies. He's not going to be Nick Cage, Bruce Willis, And because he's also a guy who, like, does, uh, you know, sort of like serious, high-minded movies. He'll be in silence for Scorsese. He'll still be in the big dramas. So I think he's being very careful about he'll do these paycheck action movies, but they have to be theatrical. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not going to be John Cusack doing a slew of, you know, Czechoslovakian films direct to, you know, uh, Red Boxio uh, uh, action movies that you don't know exist.
0: Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. So, number two, we have The War with Grandpa Mm -hmm. made $2.5 million down... 30.8%. Thirty point eight percent. It's in two thousand two hundred sixty theaters. Actually, added ten theaters. It's got a cum of seven million two hundred sixty thousand dollars. I, you know, it's good for this movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing with the War with Grandpa is, you know, we said Honest Thief opened up at about a third of what it would have in normal times. I think War With Grandpa is doing the exact business it would have done if it had just opened in October 2020 and there was not a pandemic going on. Like, do we think the War With Grandpa would have been at higher than $7 million in in its second weekend? I mean, I
0: don't even know if it gets released to theaters in a crowded movie time. Right. Yeah, this is... The
1: audience that would have wanted to see War with Grandpa—it is almost a hundred percent of them are going to the theaters anyway. Like that's—it's just such a—it's just such an interesting statistic that everyone who would have wanted to see War with Grandpa is not afraid of the pandemic. No. Which also does that mean? that grandpas are not interested in the war with grandpa because you would think grandpas are one of the groups that would be uh, most rightfully afraid of chancing going out in the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if, if this movie did get a release, Without the pandemic. I think the way you market this movie is that you market it to old guys, grandpas, Mm -hmm. and kids. And then what you do is you set up screenings that have two different factions. You have grandpas in the front because they can't see shit, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. kids in the back. And you have them pretty much battle it out for not supremacy but the enjoyment of the film where – You know, when De Niro does something really sly and the old guys will cheer and then the kids will boo and then the kid gets one over on on De Niro and then the kids cheer and they hoot and holler and they throw candy and stuff. That's the kind of theater experience that you would want to promote for the war with grandpa if this was pre-COVID. Now you only have the one faction, which is the kids.
1: Because even though kids
0: can have it and spread it. A lot, a lot of parents are stir-crazy and like, we. I need to take my kids somewhere.
1: Right. You usually don't get that kind of thought process from someone who says, I, I just, I'm going stir-crazy. I got to take my grandpa somewhere. Like, you usually no. you just let the grandpa continue staying in the house. You don't well, feel the need to send them somewhere.
0: Well, that's not necessarily true because if, if you're getting stir-crazy and you want to send grandpa somewhere, it's the home. Right, right. It's not the movie theater, and he ain't going back. He ain't coming back. Well, that's a difference. Is you
1: you get stir crazy, you send a kid somewhere like a movie theater, but you know they're coming back. If you get stir crazy and you just send out your grandpa, you are not expecting a return. Yeah, grandpas
0: don't come back from the war. Right, right. Not
1: this war. So then, are we? I mean, this goes against what I theorized at first, which is that. Everyone who would have wanted to see this movie anyway is still going. So then do we think there would have been a bigger audience for this movie if grandpas were allowed to to go out and go to theaters in a bigger way? Yeah, Or are kids making up for it? Like are there more kids who were going to see the war with grandpa? so that they could FaceTime their grandpas and have something to tell them about. Oh, and and it describe it in great detail. Yes. That could be that could be what's accounting for the decent numbers for the war with grandpa is the kids, it's almost like they're writing letters from the war to send yeah. back home. You know, and you've got these kids who maybe they don't even want to go see this movie. They don't know De Niro you know, they, they've never, they never, you know, a kid now, they haven't even seen the Meet the Parents movies, never mind Taxi Driver. They don't know who De Niro is from Adam. And they're just going to see The War with Grandpa. Hey, some of them are going because it's a fun, you know, kids throw throw shit in an old man movie. But a lot of them are going because they're like, I owe it to my grandpa. To have something that I could talk to him about when we FaceTime once a month.
0: That's, I mean, if that's not what's happening, that's what should be happening, and mm-hmm. that's how this movie should be marketed. Yep. It should be. They should. We should see a commercial with a kid writing a letter, which would seem crazy because most kids don't even know how to write letters. Like no. penmanship is dead. They just know how to type letters, mm-hmm. and it'd be a kid writing about this movie to their grandfather. And then you see, you know, you know them playing dodgeball. You know, De Niro getting hit in the nuts with a dodgeball. Whatever that clip. Um, steaming hot porridge getting poured on the kid in the right. shower. Right. You know, real right. right. Al right. Green situation. Right. Uh, That that's the clip where you know, and then there's a kid writing to their grandpa, and that's the commercial.
1: Right, right, and it's sort of like Ken Burns, you know, Civil War music playing in the background. Yes, Dearest Grandpa, I am at, I am, you know, I am in the war, and I I need to tell you about all that I have seen. I have seen uh, a child switch a grandpa's heart medication and give him Viagra. Yes. i have seen this at the war. You know, and then you see a, uh, a real life grandpa or an actor playing a grandpa in an old age home. It's got a mask on all the attendants have to wear masks. You know, they, they, they hand the uh, old people their pills at the end of like a, a 10 foot pole. They can get near them, you know, very sad, sad, Uh, situation and the grandpa is reading this letter from his grandchild and he smiles and he takes off his mask so that we could see him smile and then you hear an attendant yell you know uh, Jeffrey put your mask on but for that one moment his grandchild describing the film the war with grandpa that brought him his first smile in six
0: months Kids go see the War with Grandpa because your grandpa can't. Yes. Yeah, I
1: think that's the way to go. I think some of that is happening even without it being a a, a prominent part of the advertising. I yeah, think kids and, are going to see War with Grandpa so that they could tell their grandparents about it.
0: And you know what? There could be a commercial like this on Nickelodeon right now. We don't know. I don't watch that's terrestrial true. TV. That's true. Right. Right. So yeah, the- if you if you have seen an article, I mean if you have seen an ad like that, mm-hmm. um let us know. Email us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you are a uh wanna be o boy or wannabe o girl or who wanna be o person. wannabeo person who is uh who is a child and has gotten that kind of advertising geared towards them A want be baby if you are a wanna be baby and you've been watching your Nick jr and after you know Peppa pig there was an ad telling you go see war with grandpa so that you could tell your grandpa about it let us know at the Bo boys podcast at gmail.com
0: great so Number three, Tenet, one point six million down twenty three point eight percent. It's at two thousand and one theaters down twenty two hundred and fourteen theaters. It's at fifty point six million. So it, it it got past fifty, which you said it would. I said it wouldn't. Just just for funsies. But you know, it's gonna start. It's gonna start inching down even more. We're I'm probably. It's probably gonna top out at what five uh 53 maybe does it
1: have another 3 4 million at it
0: it might get to 55
1: it might yeah, end up still, there but but it ain't Still no 60. great shakes. No. No, it's a disaster. It's the, you know, it's uh the comorbidity of the movie theater uh collapse that's happening right now.
0: Still nothing to applaud about. We will not be clapping for Tenet. No. No. So number four, now I said in my top five that there was going to be a Mm re-release that was going to get into the top five that wasn't Hocus Pocus, and I was incorrect that it was going to be Halloween, the original John Carpenter movie. Instead, Walt Disney releases The Nightmare Before Christmas, and it made $1.3 million dollars in 2194 theaters you know people love this movie and you know we're not here to review movies i don't get it i never got it but people mm. love it and yeah, it's, it's it's
1: officially a cl- it's a classic of would it be our generation or or maybe
0: people a little closer I, to I think their it's, early 30s i think it's our generation yeah now Here's the thing, and I'm going to blow the lid off of something. This is not a Tim Burton movie. He did not direct it. So if, if your love of The Nightmare Before Christmas is because you think that Tim Burton directed it, he did not.
1: But it is, it is often called – and I know he didn't direct it. He, he was a writer on it and a producer – It's often – the title of the movie is often Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Yeah, because he is – he's kind of the visionary. He gets the credit for this. Yeah. He's the visionary behind it, but it was not directed by him. So if that is a reason why you love this movie, feel free to no longer love this movie. mm -hmm. But you know, I was wrong about what re-release it was, but I knew that re-releases, these catalog films, do – they're guaranteed at least a million dollars at the box office. Yeah. And D- Walt Disney
1: is doing such a great job of cashing in on the catalog. Well, and this using is Walt Disney, you know, via their ownership of Fox, the number 5 Hocus Pocus is a Walt Disney release. You know, Coco's down there, the Star Wars movies are down there like D- Disney they're squeezing the juice, you know. There's they're getting everything they can out of that lemon.
0: They like using legacy platforms.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So Nightmare Before Christmas, way to go. Number five, Hocus Pocus. Again, this is the third week for Hocus Pocus. Made $756,000, down 34.9%. In 1,640 theaters. Lost a lot of theaters, 473. But in this re-release window, it's made $3.8 million. So this is a success. Oh yeah, I mean this is this is a movie that's going to end up clearing
1: four to five million dollars out of nowhere theatrically.
0: Because if they keep this in the theater, I think it bumps. I think it gets a bump because Halloween's getting closer.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, you've got um two more weekends that I would say are going to have a lot of Halloween business. You know, you've got this upcoming weekend um, and then you have got the weekend where Halloween falls on a Saturday. So mm. I think oh. it's got two more two more weekends where people like it might get a it might actually make more money in one of the next two weekends than it made this weekend and might get a little bump depending on if it loses theaters or not to a different re-release because I think you could see here. Hocus Pocus probably gave up a bunch of theaters to Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Yes, yes.
1: You know, so if they release uh, 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 Corpse Bride or something next week, it'll probably give
0: up some more theaters. Well, here's a question, though. Mm -hmm. In these next two weeks, does Hocus Pocus make more money than Tenet? In the sense that will it overtake Tenet During a weekend. So, for example, two weekends from now, Tenet is making $800,000 and Hocus Pocus is making a million dollars. Is that Uh, a possibility? I mean, it would have to be on Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend. So here's the question. Does Hocus Pocus make more Halloween weekend than Tenet? Do we have to make that bet now or can we
1: wait until next week's results come in? I think it's fun to make the bet now because we're
0: talking about it now, huh? Uh,
1: All right. What are you going to say? I say it does. All right. I say it doesn't so that we we have a bet going on. We have a, a clash of opinions. There we go. So you say that on Halloween weekend, Hocus Pocus will make more than Tenet. Yes. Interesting. I'm excited to hopefully remember that we made this bet in two weeks.
0: Now, a real real quick addendum to this. We both were talking about Love and Monsters, like it was going to get a wide release in mm-hmm, theaters. Mm-hmm. It ended up only coming out in 387 theaters because it is a mostly PVOD play, and it did really well on PVOD, but we're not the PVOD boys. We're not the Streamo boys right now. We got Bad Intelligence from Box Office Pro mm-hmm. because Box Office Pro does track we we go to our we go there for tracking and it said that it was going to be in 1500 theaters it was not in 1500 theaters no and so we went by that information and we got burnt yep so this movie did not end up being in top five it was number nine it made two hundred and seventy thousand dollars in 387 theaters Because it's mostly doing business in PVOD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if they're going to up that when – if they realize, oh, people actually like this movie. Maybe someone will go to the theater for it. I don't know. But for right now, we got bad information. That's why that movie was in our top fives last weekend. Not our fault. No, definitely not our fault. Um, Before we leave –
1: Looking at this past weekend's box office, there's two things I want to note. So there was another uh, movie that made its debut in somewhat wide release, a movie called The Kid Detective. Did you have you heard about this movie? Oh yes, absolutely. I'm actually interested to see this movie. I am interested to see this. So it's Adam Brody. It's uh, the story is he was like a child detective you know, like a Hardy Boys situation who then grows up and now he is a, you know, drunken, disgruntled, old, middle-aged detective. The thing I will note is, now obviously this was a movie that didn't get a wide, wide release, but it opened in 865 theaters. Mm-hmm. And so its total for The weekend was 140000 Its per screen average was $162. So... I think you could say this was a movie that, pandemic, not pandemic, this was a roundly rejected film. Oh, People so did not you, want to see this.
0: You brought this movie up just to kick dirt on Adam Brody. I
1: Listen, I like Adam Brody. I was a big OC fan. First season OC is great. You know, I, I have nothing against him, but he, this is not a Dave Franco rental situation. You know, where Dave Franco with the rental, opened a movie, you know, square in the the shitty middle of the pandemic and had a hit on his hands. You know, Adam Brody came out with Kid Detective and people did not want this. And I don't think it's pandemic specific. This was a movie that people just said, I mean, $162 per screen. I mean, that's it is what it is. And it's because
0: he is who he is. Do you think that this was too similar, of a concept, mm-hmm. to a film that Donald Glover was in back in his pre-fame days? Oh, Mystery Team? No,
1: it has there, no one. No one. That is such a, uh, a barely
0: known property. 2009's Mystery Team. You don't think that people were like. I liked it better when it was called Mystery Team. Hmm. All the David Spade. Yeah.
1: I mean I think the people who would say that, who would who would do the I think it liked I liked it better when it was called joke, they are not going to see movies in hardtop theaters right now. That is one of the least movie going audiences. The you know the the comedy snob, mm-hmm. I don't think the comedy snob is going to the movies right now. You well, know, the, the the Earth dogs are going. You know the the people who want to see Honest Thief, uh, the people who want to see uh, War with Grandpa, see Robert De Niro uh, get his you know depends adult depends diapers stolen. Those are the people going to see a movie, not the. The comedy snob so i i I don't think that audience cared about the similarity between kid detective and mystery team and nobody knows what mystery team is this is a new concept to anyone and the people just did not want this concept
0: now i know that we have something to get to because i i think i'm seeing the other thing you're going to talk about but i have a question real quick about the Mm. war with grandpa i know this was on the shelf But do you think the credit sequence for The War with Grandpa is all the characters dancing in TikTok videos? Oh, that's very possible. Because, yeah,
1: that that De Niro is grandpa. Him learning what TikTok is is a key plot point in this movie.
0: Like is that is that extra? They did pickups where you know when this movie got bought, they said, "Hey, we got to shoot something to make right. it seem like it's from 2020 and not 2017 or whenever this movie was put on the shelf." Right, and and Let's they were do able TikTok to TikTok
1: videos, and they're able to do that. You know, De Niro could do that at home because yes. it's supposed to be filmed on a phone. That makes sense, and I think what they probably did. To also get the grandpa audience who love bloopers at the end of a movie. You know, they're thinking of Smokey and the Bandit, movies like that that always ended with bloopers during the credits. I think what you're getting is bloopers in TikTok videos. That's probably the end credit sequence for War with Grandpa.
0: That's – that's I think that's great. Yeah. It's like De Niro screwing up a TikTok. So – this film that you wanted to call out, was it yes. number eight on the charts? It is indeed number eight. You know what
1: we need to do. We need to do something, Clayton. Okay. Well, do you do you want me to do the honors? Sure. Set up what we need to do. And the audience knows and the audience is
0: excited for what we're about to do. Well, Unhinged mm-hmm. has reached a total gross of twenty million dollars. And that's the new clapping threshold. Yep. Remember when we clapped for Bad Boys for Life and it was because it opened to like 40 or 50 million dollars? Oh, I think Bad Boys for Life opened at like 80. Six, 80. Did it open at 80? I
1: think it opened at like 80 million dollars. Yeah, Bad Did Boys for Life. Did I lose my life.
0: mind with these small numbers? I can't even think of numbers that big. Yeah. I, I which I mean I can't blame you for that.
1: Like we're our our uh equilibrium is so thrown off. Bad boys for life, and I'm looking it up. Oh wait, 62. I'm a it opened at sixty two million dollars. Jeez. And I think we clapped for it went across two hundred million dollars. Wow. Um yeah, domestic wow. opening weekend sixty two million dollars. Just wow. We'll get back there someday, my friend. Yes, someday. And it might be Will Smith might be the one who needs to bring us there. Um so yeah, I mean clapping for Unhinged making twenty million is so well deserved. It's the movie that we called the Canary in the coal mine, but to me it's more
0: of a an eagle, I think, in a coal mine. Oh, so, uh, because of its proud nature,
1: yes, and I think it is earned the notoriety of an eagle, but it's still in a coal mine, so it's like an eagle not in its best uh, uh, context. You know, it's an eagle that still is going to wind up in a bad spot. Yeah, but
0: it was an eagle. I get that. It that yeah. tracks. So, all right. Well, we talked about the top five. Now, we have a little bit of other business to talk about. Yeah, we got some big stories here. So, Pat, what do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about New York City? Yeah, let's talk about New York City.
1: Um, Well, New York State, actually. So what's happening, and it's going to be effective this coming weekend, the weekend of Friday, October 23rd, there will finally be movie theaters, indoor hardtops, That are now being allowed to open in New York state, but not in New York city. No. So that might be confusing for the, the, uh, the stacks dwellers, you know, the, the, the middle America listeners that we have who don't fully understand that New York state is not just New York city.
0: Yeah. It's hard for me to understand. And I live in New York.
1: It's almost harder for us to understand as New Yorkers, as coastal elites. It sometimes is more confusing to us to uh, to to comprehend that there is a New York state that is outside the walls of the five boroughs.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: there is, and they're getting movie theaters. So, like, you know, if you are up in the Hudson Valley, you know, if you're in... Uh, Saratoga, if you are, I guess if you're on long Island, you mentioned this before long Island is getting movie theaters, Buffalo, Buffalo. That's right. They have a football team that no one, no one in New York considers a football team, but we're not the, we're not the NFL boys. So we won't get into that, but Buffalo is getting movie theaters.
0: Yeah. So so I guess
1: this matters.
0: Well, it's they're allowed to open at 25% capacity with a limit of 50 people per screening. Mm -hmm. And only counties that have an average COVID-19 infection rate lower than 2% over 14 days and no cluster zones will be allowed to open their theaters. So masks, assigned seating, socially distant seating, and additional staff to enforce the rules will be required. Air filtration, purification, and ventilation standards need to be met met. So, you know, they're going all out. Right, right. They're making a big right. show of it. They're making a show
1: of it. They're there's spritz in the spray bottles all over the place. They're hiring extra staff to, you know, rub those dirty rags over your seats.
0: And they need which to hire good. more staff to pretend like they're cleaning. Mm-hmm. So that the real staff can go and do what they normally need to do. Yes, yes. Yeah. You you
1: and you need to have fake staff that is there to yell at other fake staff to clean harder and disinfect more thoroughly. You know, yeah. you need to have that fake manager who's yelling out more disinfectant must be safer. At the staff member who is
0: pretending to clean. Well, you also need to have extra staff to get yelled at by the non mask wearers mm. about their freedoms so that the other staff can rip tickets, can like, do what mix. they need to do, clean bathrooms, stuff yep. like that. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, it's good. I mean, listen,
1: jobs are jobs. We need jobs now. So, having more, you know, whether it's staff, whether it's fake staff, you know, actors putting on a little play of cleaning in a movie theater. Hopefully that's helping people pay their bills. Obviously, hopefully everyone is safe, you know, because that is a a tough job. We, 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 we never want to discount the fact that working in a movie theater, you know, you're public facing, you're in there with the customers. So, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, It's a step toward... I mean, basically what we're seeing here is... So, Governor Cuomo New York and and all the decision makers in New York, they're using the outlying parts of New York State as the testing ground for New York City. Yeah. Because the the main thing is you don't want to screw up in New York City. That's where the lights are going to be the brightest... Where the coverage is going to be the heaviest. You know, the Daily News, the New York Post, uh, uh, Newsday, they're all chopping at the bit to write stories about what happens when the movie theater is open in New York City. So you you don't want to be on the wrong end of, you know, a Pete Hamill column, a Mike Lupica column. You know, you you don't want the wrath of the tabloids coming after you.
0: Well, you don't want the back of the post to have Mm -hmm. a headline that if you're not, if you're not hitting the specifications to open, you don't want to have illegal regal be Mm -hmm. the post headline. Right, right.
1: You don't want box office bomb to be the front page of the daily news with like a graph that shows a huge uh, COVID spike yeah you know and it's and it's like Mickey Mouse falling off of a cliff of the covid spike to symbolize the movie business you don't want that no so so
0: you're so right you, there
1: you, you you use upstate new York as a testing ground i get it there's got to be a testing ground somewhere right right i mean it's like when you're setting off nuclear bombs exactly to test them you do it in the desert you do it in the stacks you know you don't do it in midtown but yeah. you
0: got to do it you yeah, know you can't you, not drop them how do you test them if you don't drop them right oh right. let's just assume they work you can't just assume something is going to work right but you don't test it in the coastal big cities
1: you test them out in the middle of nowhere so that is what these theaters are doing out in the outlying areas of New York state, which is great. And they'll get to see movies and hopefully everyone will get to be safe and the testing will go great. Hopefully, hopefully we're always wishing for the best
0: with these, uh, these openings. Do you think New York city theaters open before the end of the year?
1: No, I do not
0: think so. I agree. I don't think this is a bet situation. I think this is a slam doink. Cuomo's not, he's not messing with those numbers. No, you're, you're not going
1: to, I think what this does is at least it gives people in the cities an option where we, you could say, if you're a New York state official, you could say, listen. You could drive to Albany if you want. And we know you don't want to. We know you don't want to leave Park Slope. You know, you got mommy and me classes in the park or, you know, outdoor yoga, whatever you have going on. But if you wanted to, you could get in a car. You could uh, rent a car for the weekend. And you could go see the war with grandpa in the Hudson Valley. So I think with th- they're they're given themselves plausible deniability.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, but you could also go to Jersey, right? Because theaters are open in Jersey. You could go to Jersey,
1: but I I think this is, a, a, is something of an olive branch to the moviegoers in, you know, uh, Manhattan or in uh, parts of Brooklyn where they don't want to go to Jersey. You know, though the. the, the Come on, of places that New Yorkers would want to go, Jersey is often lowest on the list. But now they could go see, you know, Tenant or Worth Grandpa or Honest Thief in a small town in upstate New York. And they could maybe go to an outdoor flea market, go see Honest Thief, and it's a nice little Saturday excursion For a New Yorker or get an Airbnb, get an Airbnb, but they're not going to go to Jersey for that. You know, even if, even if getting to Jersey might take less time, a a New Yorker is not going to want to do that. And if you're a listener of ours, who's in New Jersey, you understand that because you're trying to get to New York. So come on, you're not offended and don't pretend you are. And I'm rooting for you. I know you're not, but I am to get to New York. Not this year. Stay in Jersey
0: at least through this year. Think about it, you know, fall 2021. So, yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. I, I think we're both in agreement that this is the, – the, New York is a testing ground, New York state. Right. But New York City is, is by no means ready. They're going to have – it's going to take a long time for those tests to – for the results to come in, if you know what I'm saying. Exactly,
1: but I, I think, yeah, I think this gives New Yorkers some options if they really want to go see a movie over the weekend. They could They could drive upstate, they could go to Albany, they could go Hudson Valley, find a movie theater near a, a you know, a pie stand or something.:
0: Nice. Well, okay, Pat, so one last thing, because mm-hmm. we do have a movie coming out next weekend. The Empty Man, which is a 20th Century Studios film. So it's a dump job. So when you see 20th Century Studios, that means that this is an old film that Disney has because they bought Fox and they need to dump it. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. was one of my stay in the theater and I I am now only need one more movie to do what it needs to do in the future for me to have a complete clean sweep of our stay, move or stream game.
1: Let's let's just do a quick recap of what you have nailed so far. So both of your streamos came true, right? You picked Soul to stream and you picked Coming to America 2 to stream and yes. both of those are happening. Then you picked your moves or what. Dune was a move and that got Dude. moved to next summer. And James Bond. And James Bond, which got moved. And Empty Man was a stay. And what is your final stay then that
0: we're waiting on? Come Play, a movie that's coming out on the 30th. Because it's a horror movie. And there's no way. It's a focus feature. There's no way this is moving.
1: So by October 30th, you will have run the table on your six picks. Yes. That is amazing. So... I mean, just speaking of these 20th century dump jobs, I might end up getting screwed because two of the movies that I picked, I picked Free Guy, which is set to open in December. I had picked that to move to next year. And as of now, that has not been moved. No. And I picked Death on the Nile to end up as a streamer. And... It is looking like Disney is just full on sacrificing these holdover twentieth century movies, because now I'm starting to think both of those movies are just gonna come out in theaters and just be because sacrifices.
0: They're gonna it's gonna make it seem like they're showing goodwill to theaters. Right. Throwing them a bone, throwing a you know, the 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 legacy platform a bone. And really, it's just like you said, sacrificial. Right. It's a tax write off.
1: I think what I guess I didn't um, figure in in that moment is when you really think about it, all of the development execs at Disney now could all just, they had nothing to do with these movies being made Death on the Nile, Free Guy. So they get no credit if these were to be successful somewhere. And they won't get any blame when these movies just eat dirt in the theaters in a couple of months. Absolutely. So, yeah, 20th century movies are just full-on sacrifices, and then I guess they'll end up on Hulu.
0: Yeah. So, Empty Man is one of the... It's a more low-key film. It doesn't have, I think, any stars, really.
1: Steven Root is the only cast member's a name that i recognize and i love steven root but if he is the most famous person in your movie you're in
0: trouble great man great actor Mm -hmm. now here's the thing we're trusting box office pro to give us correct information so from what we know it's opening in 1500 theaters they are saying between one and six million dollars opening three day. They're guessing two. The tracking has gone down twenty percent from last week. I don't know what that means, but the tracking with this, it's all over the place. Like their domestic total tracking is from three million to eighteen million. They have no mm-hmm. clue what's going on. This feels I, like a three million dollar movie to me. I'm gonna go even under that. This okay. could be,
1: I mean, who knows? Because maybe there are people clamoring for this October horror content. But I'll just go and say this makes under $2 million opening weekend. Wow. Under t- so this makes... It's a, st- listen, and again, Stephen Root, great actor. We've loved him since news radio. But this is a Stephen Root star vehicle.
0: I I mean, if it's a horror movie, I don't think I think the star is the fact that it's a horror movie.
1: But you still need some online activation, some social content. I mean, Steven Root maybe I'm mistaken and he's just got a giant TikTok following, but I don't think Steven Root is getting a lot of online awareness on social media. I don't think he's gonna end up doing a Uh, Carpool Karaoke Zoom Edition with James Corden, where they're both in different ride chairs singing along over Zoom. Like I I don't think he's going to bring that kind
0: of awareness
1: to this movie.
0: Well, here's the thing, my friend, is that you're looking at it from a perspective of an oldster. No offense.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: The star of this film is a young man named Joel Courtney, who is in the Kissing Booth movies,
1: which okay. are huge
0: on Netflix. He was the kid in Super 8, and he has 5.5 million followers on Instagram. So he's activating all these fans. He's activating the fan base. So, right. Pat, do you want to change your number, or do you want to go with, this is a Steven Root vehicle, or do you want to get with the 2020s and see that this is a Joel Courtney vehicle? I'm going to stick with this is a failed Steven Root vehicle
1: that opens under $2 million. Okay, you, Daniel. You could take the position of this is a Joel Courtney blockbuster.
0: I mean, dude, I'm saying $3 million. That ain't a blockbuster. Dude. Dude. I think it's a horror movie during a time when there is not a lot of horror movies in the theaters. And this is a scummy type of movie that are the base will respond to. The base of moviegoers right now will respond to this. All right. They responded well, to, the, to the rental, to the relic, to all these movies that normally wouldn't get much play, and I think this is going to get the teens out there. Do you think this
1: opens up at number one? Well, do we want to do our top fives now for next weekend, our top five predictions? Yeah, we might as well. So... You could go first, since you're really high on Joel Courtney, on The Empty Man. Is
0: this the number one movie next weekend? No. I think this is the number two movie behind Honest Thief. Okay. I think we go number one, Honest Thief. I think we go number two, Empty Man. We go three, War with Grandpa. We go four. God, okay, four. This is this is what I'm gonna do. Four is gonna be another re release. Okay. But I so don't you know think what it's tenant is about to get really taken down. Yeah. I don't know what it's gonna be. I'm gonna say scream. Okay. Scream number four. Number number five tenant.
1: Okay. Alright, I will go number one, Honest Thief. Okay. Number two, The War with Grandpa. Alright. Number three, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh, that's a great one. Number four will be tenant and number five will be the empty man.
0: Wow. No love for Joel Courtney. I don't know how many Twitter followers he has, bro, but they might be coming for you.
1: Hello? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that got disconnected, but I I kept rolling, so. I did, too. Nice. And I said what my top five was, so we could pick up from there. I just said number five would be The Empty Man.
0: Well, I said, Joel Courtney fans, I don't know how many Twitter followers he has, but they're going to come for you. All right. Bring it. Bring it and
1: subscribe. So, Joel Courtney fans, if you are either uh, uh, perturbed and dismayed by my low estimation of the uh, empty man, or if you are excited and delighted... By Clayton Gumbert. by if you're excited and delighted by Clayton's um, you know uh, big box office smash prediction for the empty man let us know leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email at the Bo boys podcast at gmail.com
0: Joel Courtney fans are not going to send us an email
1: okay then just tick us i don't know now that actually makes me think Clyde. one last one piece of business we do have to get to is we a couple of weeks ago we had said yes if you leave us a review on apple itunes we would read it on air and read whatever your comment was and i think we, we forgot- said it had to be five star oh we did say it had to be five stars Um, So I am looking that up right now because someone did leave us a five-star review, and uh, they did very specifically want us to read what they wrote in the review. And this was, they left this a few weeks ago when we just forgot to do it last week.
0: We've had a lot of information to go through. Right. It's been a really busy time for all of us. Yeah, I mean, listen,
1: look at this. This episode was jam-packed. There's so much news to get through, so many big things to talk about. We can't remember to do everything we said we would do.
0: The information is squirting out the sides of this podcast. It's so jam-packed.
1: But I just remembered to do it now, so I'm going to read this uh, five-star review that was left for us. Uh, The review says, I am absolutely loving this podcast. It's like sports stats for me. The guys are hilarious and the information is great. And now here's, you know, here's this reviewer, this person getting their money's worth. Since they said they read five stars out loud, all listeners should listen to the Macaw Podcast Universe, where we cover film franchises. It pairs nicely with the B.O. boys. So that was from a listener. So, they, you know, they want to say how much they love our show, but they also did want to plug their podcast, the Macaw Podcast Universe. And Can you, you spell wanna... that? Can you spell that, Pat? Macaw is spelled M-C-C-A-W. So there's two C's in there, back to back.
0: Great. And then uh, what's the full name of the podcast? The Macaw
1: Podcast Universe. Great. And I listened to an episode of it. You did? I did, and I really enjoyed it, and they had an episode featuring friend of our show, featuring past guest of our show, featuring the man who over the summer was for many weeks in a row the number one comedy box office star in America, Nick Turner, was on an episode of the Macaw Podcast uh, Universe. Where he talked about one of the Jurassic Park films.
0: Wow! So, so this is a must listen.
1: Yes, yes. If you're a fan of the Bo Boys, if you're want to be a boy, want to be girl, listen to the Macaw Podcast Universe. Go straight to the Nick Turner episode. Get your feet, you know, settled. Get your feet on the ground, and then you could flip around from there. But I think doing it the way I did is the ideal way. Start off with the Episode featuring Nick Turner, number one box office comedy star in America this past summer.
0: Yeah, wow. Okay, so I'm excited to do that. I'm gonna do that right when we get done. Yep, all right, Pat. Um, well, so how can everybody else reach us? Like, wh- what if I mean, you already said,
1: yeah, the BO podcast at gmail.com. Um, and of course, do like our friend at the Macaw podcast universe just did leave us a five star review on iTunes and we'll read whatever you wrote and look at the amazing plug that we just gave based on one review.
0: Yes. Just, just do it. Come on. Five star and a plug. Yep. So Pat, then we'll get straight to Patreon, which of course our Patreon is, is, Right now on ice, we're not accepting any more people, but our buddy Jake Vogelnest, he's got a Patreon, mm-hmm. and I think you should go over there. Pat, you've spent some time over there.
1: Yeah, I've been hanging out there a lot recently at the uh, Jake Vogelnest Patreon, and there's just a lot of cool stuff happening over there. its It's just a really fun place to hang out on the internet. Um, you know, there's so much going on. There's there's Squirt TV episodes that you could find there. There's Squirt TV clips. There's commentaries, audio commentaries on Squirt TV episodes, a lot of behind the scenes stories about Squirt TV. And it's I don't know, it's just been a really, really cool, chill, fun, relaxing place to be the Jake Fulgan Uh, patreon page i've really really enjoyed my time there so
0: far and he's a legacy content provider and those need to be supported yes
1: and it's it's not about being supported it is about this just being a place that you're going to want to go and you're going to want to hang out once you get there
0: Great. So go go, Jake Vogelnest, Patreon, it, you know, link in the show notes. Go go, give the man some love. Yep. Well, we did it, Pat. There's nothing left to say except we'll oh, smell. Oh, oh, wait. Until next time? Is that what yeah, I said? Yeah, you got to start
1: with until next time.
0: Until next time. Until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell
1: you, you at... at The The box box office. Nailed it. Nailed it.